So here's today's transformational truth. A marriage without communication will become a marriage that is full of conflict. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. So here's today's transformational truth. A marriage without communication will become a marriage that is full of conflict. Today, I want to start a conversation about marriage. This is something that I spend a lot of time talking about on other platforms, but haven't spent too much time here on transformational truths. But marriage and relationships are both something that Tina and I genuinely feel called to speak to. And so today, I want to share on one of the most important attributes of a life-giving marriage, and that is communication. So it's been said that one of the most common mistakes we make when it comes to communication is assuming that it's actually happened. <laughs> that is a rule that is true for every relationship, but it is never more true than it is in the context of marriage. Goodness. We get so close to the person we love that we start assuming that they know exactly what we're thinking, what we want, uh, what we need in the moment. And then when our expectations don't get met, we feel hurt and we feel disappointed. This, this is usually when the argument cycle begins in the marriage, okay? And when we stay stuck in the argument cycle for too long, our minds start racing with questions like, for example, what's wrong with our marriage? Uh, why do we seem so hopelessly broken? Will it ever get better? Are we falling out of love? I wonder if we're going to make it. Okay. We start asking these questions because we're stuck in this perpetual loop of this, of what, what I call the argument cycle. And the problem isn't that necessarily you're hopelessly broken or that you're quote unquote falling out of love, which is its own conversation we can have later, uh, or, or whether or not you can make it. The problem is that we think we've communicated what's in our hearts, but what we say and what we mean and what our spouse actually hears can all be miles apart, okay? Uh, the reason is that we all communicate to each other through this lens of our own unique perception. Every single one of us do this. None of us are immune. And in some ways, our perception can be as unique as our fingerprint. All right, this is, this is a vital concept I don't hear talked about enough in this context. Um, in my book, Seven Deadly Thoughts, I actually describe perception this way. Let me read it to you, okay? Perception is basically a mental impression that's built on our past experiences, both good and bad, but continues to evolve every single day of our lives as we encounter new experiences and information. Essentially, perception so serves as a sort of filter through which we view the world around us, whether it's good or bad. Everything we see and hear has to pass through this all-important filter of our own personal perception. Hey, guess what? This includes the way you see and hear your spouse. All right. So a little bit about me. Uh, I've been married to my wife, Tina, for 22 years, and she is absolutely the love of my life. Now, in the beginning of our marriage, from time to time, as in any healthy marriage, Tina would come to me and she would share a problem that she was dealing with, or maybe she was dealing 
with something difficult and uh, she just wanted to talk to me about it. And as I would listen to Tina talk about the pain that she was walking through or facing, um, I heard Tina asking me to help her fix the issues. Okay, my brain automatically flipped the switch and I went to work trying to figure out how to be the hero and how to make everything right. Okay, now I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but I have discovered that constantly trying <clears throat> to be the hero can actually be an exhausting, exhausting experience. Because here's the truth. There are just a lot of situations in life that you cannot fix. Okay. And over time, uh, I, I didn't say anything to Tina about it. I'm just kind of behind the scenes trying to trying to fix the issue. She would come. We would, we would kind of talk. Um, actually, she did more of the talking. I didn't really say much. Uh, but but I would just quietly go to work and try to fix the issue. So over time, the unspoken stress that I carried of not being able to fix every situation started to make me feel kind of resentful, right? Because one of the hardest things for a man to do is to be given a problem that he can't fix. <laughs> it's 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 one of the most conflicting situations that uh, I, I think a husband will experience uh, because men, generally speaking, when they face a problem, they kind of go into their cave. They kind of go into this 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 place of, of trying to figure out the solution. So me uh, not saying anything, just kind of getting resentful because I couldn't fix the issues that she was sharing with me, I started to avoid those conversations with her. And this created, you're probably putting two and two together, this created a whole new set of problems because I stopped communicating altogether. She starts feeling like I suddenly don't care. And she wonders what changed. You know, why does Travis suddenly seem cold towards me? So eventually, my unspoken frustration of trying to be Superman boils over because Tina kind of starts leaning into me like, hey, where are you? How come, how come you're not listening? How come, how come you seem so distant? How come you don't want to uh, seem like you want to engage or have this conversation with me? Well, I, you know, I've got all of this unspoken frustration kind of boiling beneath the surface and it finally boils over. And like most frustrations that are left unspoken, when we do eventually speak our minds, it tends to come out badly. Okay, who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, here's a rule of thumb. I've noticed that the longer you wait to have the conversation, the louder the volume of the conversation gets. Okay. The longer you wait to have that challenging or difficult conversation, the louder the volume of that conversation eventually gets when you do have it. So after I shared my frustrations with Tina, poorly, rather poorly, um, <clears throat> I was perplexed, absolutely shocked, surprised to discover uh, that what I was trying to do for her was not even remotely close to what she was asking me for, not even in the ballpark. Okay. I stood there in shock when I heard Tina say, Travis, I'm not asking you to fix this. I'm not asking you to fix anything. Um, I've never asked you to fix anything. I was just asking you to listen. <sighs> she wasn't asking for my hands. She was asking for my heart. Husband or wife. Part of learning how to be a spouse that is life-giving, that is supportive, that is loving and empathetic and nurturing, is understanding the difference between your husband or wife asking for your hands versus asking for your heart. 
I mean, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I had wasted all of this emotional energy frustrated because I couldn't fix stuff for Tina that she had never expected me to fix in the first place. I mean, it wasn't even, it wasn't even realistic for me to think that, it, you know, in hindsight, because she, she, she didn't think that those issues were fixable from the outside. Uh, my perception of what Tina needed and what she was actually asking for were light years apart. And this is what I'm talking about when, I, when I'm talking about the difference between perception and the way we see the world and the way we see our spouse. We can completely miss each other. Uh, just because you're talking doesn't mean you're communicating. Not at all. And this is one of the things that perpetuates the argument loop, okay, or this argument cycle is you think because you're talking, you're communicating. I, couples talk all the time and never communicate. And this is just one of the reasons we can stay stuck. And the only time, and the only time you seem to have any sort of uh, emotionally engaged dialogue is when it's an argument. Okay. And this is one reason some couples engage in arguing so much. And sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes the reason your spouse seems to pick a fight is because it's the only time you communicate with any form of passion. Yep. And what they're really asking for from you is heart level communication. It, it, this is why one reason we stay stuck in this life-draining cycle of arguing. Yeah. And we argue about some of the same things over and over again, over and over again. And you don't really solve the issue. You just sort of patch it, you know, and you say, well, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. And you have a nice moment, but then it comes back around a week, two weeks, a month later, because we assume that talking is the same thing as communicating, but it's, that's not always the case. So as a result, we never really heal and we never really deal with the issues hidden beneath the surface of our heart. And so round and round we go doing the same things over and over again, hoping for different results. And we spend all of our time treating symptoms rather than identifying the root cause. Okay. Now, listen, we're going to continue this conversation uh, about communication in marriage over the next few weeks. But here's what I want to do today. I want to offer you some real quick practical tools that you can put to work in your marriage today. So you, you can you can finish this podcast and you can take something with you and say, you know, I can put this to work today. I can begin to cultivate a more life-giving and abundant marriage today. So here's what I want to do. Okay, really simple. I want to offer you three things that you should never say in an argument. I want to raise a little bit aware of awareness around maybe some phrases or things that in the heat of passion, in the heat of the moment, maybe you're stuck in an argument cycle and you're just, just desperate. And sometimes we say things that we don't necessarily mean, but just because we don't mean it doesn't mean it didn't hurt. Let me say that again. Just because you didn't mean it when you said it doesn't mean it didn't wound your spouse when you said it. Right? I, we, we don't just get to say, well, I didn't mean it and then think that somehow that reverses the wound. Okay, because just because you said something that you didn't mean doesn't mean that what you said didn't hurt, in which case doesn't mean that we are alleviated from this process of now of beginning to heal together. Uh, so what I want to do is maybe help you avoid some of that today. I'm going to give you three things that you should never, ever say in an argument. All right. Uh, number one, <clears throat> write this down. Never say this. You always or you never. All right. Those can be easy things to say when you've been stuck or caught in an argument loop for a while. All right. Uh, but, but two things are going to happen if you use those phrases. Number one, you immediately put your spouse on the defensive. Immediately. Okay. When you say you always do this or you never do this, whatever the case might be, oh my goodness, emotionally, they're going to get triggered. Uh, and when you go on the defensive, 
their ears shut off. <laughs> okay. They don't hear anything else you have to say. So anything that you said behind you always or you never, even if it was meaningful, okay, even if it somehow reflected something that really was in your heart, uh, the likelihood of them hearing you just went down dramatically because now they feel like they have to defend themselves against you. So listening with empathy or listening to understand kind of goes away. And now they're just in their mind and their heart, they've begun to cultivate a strategy to defend themselves and push back. Uh, why? Why do they do this when you say those phrases, you always, you never? Well, that's the second thing, because when you say you always or you never, you're no longer addressing an issue. You're now attacking their sense of character. These are attack. This is attacking language. You've begun to attack their sense of worth. You're attacking their very sense of value because you're attacking who they are as a person. Uh, and let me tell you something. These two phrases, you always or you, you, you never, they will impact the marriage long after the argument is over. Just because the argument is over and just because maybe maybe even you reconciled and said you were sorry. Let me tell you something. Those you always and you never words that attack the very core, the very identity of your spouse, it will linger in their hearts. It will linger in their minds. And they will subconsciously oftentimes begin to wonder, am I enough for my spouse? Because they say, I always and I'm never. So those are words that basically communicate you're not enough. Uh, you're, you haven't been enough. And so if you communicate, you haven't been enough in my marriage up to this point or our marriage up, up to this point, then what they begin to wonder is, well, geez, am I enough now? Will I be enough next year? When am I enough for my spouse? So that creates insecurity and a whole different set of problems in the marriage. So never say those two phrases in, in, the, in, in an argument or in a passionate dialogue, as we like to say sometimes. Okay. Second thing you should never say uh, when you're in an argument, just get over it. Mm -mm, no, delete that from the dialogue. Listen, minimizing your husband or wife's pain only produces more pain. Let me say that again. Every time you minimize your spouse's pain, all it does is produce more pain because the one thing we all need to feel from our spouse is seen. We need to feel seen by our spouse. We need to know that they don't just see us. They see where we're hurting. Uh, they see what we're feeling and they validate that pain. Okay. And listen, when you say just get over it, all it does is shut down the communication that would have ultimately helped them heal. And if they can't communicate how they're hurting, they'll just begin to resent you even more than they already do in the moment. Okay. And that resentment will follow you. And that resentment is going to take time to heal. You really want to heal in your marriage. You have to be man enough. You have to be woman enough. You have to love your spouse enough to listen to them. Even if you don't feel like their perspective is completely accurate, really at that, it's, it, that's not necessarily the most relevant issue in the moment. What, what, the most important thing in the moment is that they know you heard them at a heart level. Okay. That's the number one thing. Resist this urge to defend yourself by just kind of knocking down what they're feeling by saying, oh, just get over it. Just get over it. Okay. That, that, you know, that was weeks ago. Just get over it. That was, that was two years ago. Just get over it. Well, the fact of the matter is, is, is maybe the fact they haven't healed completely yet <laughs> because they haven't felt the freedom to talk through their pain. And this can take time, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it can take, it, it, it depends on what the pain is. And we don't have time to unpack every attribute of this principle. But let's say worst case scenario, if there was infidelity in the marriage uh, and you just, you can't just say, just get over it. You can't just say, well, it's been two weeks, just get over it. 
No, if, if you're going to fight for your marriage, if there's been some sort of failure in your marriage and you're both committed to it, you it's not just to get over it. It's a heal through it. It takes time to rebuild trust. It takes time to reestablish uh, emotional intimacy. Okay, you, you avoid the just get over it. Don't minimize pain, acknowledge pain, listen. Okay, we'll talk more about this in the next couple of weeks, but delete that phrase from the argument, just get over it. Number three, this is a big one. Avoid this one at all cost. I know it's hard when you some, you can get stuck in an argument cycle and when you're desperate and you're frustrated and you don't feel like you're going anywhere, you start grasping at straws and it will sometimes lead you to this third phrase that you should never say in an argument. Here it is. I'm leaving. Don't do it. Listen, threatening to abandon your spouse every time you have an argument might be the worst kind of pain you can inflict with your words. It erodes security. It kills trust that will take a long time to rebuild. Delete it. Delete it. Because listen to me, the things you say in an argument will follow you out of the argument. Okay, let me repeat that. The things you say in an argument will follow you out of the argument. Now, that being said, I've been doing this for a long time, and I've never, ever worked with a married couple that could not get unstuck and have an incredible relationship, an incredible marriage, if they were willing to face a couple of things, pain and pride. Okay, the two things that keep bad marriages from becoming good marriages and good marriages from becoming great are almost always old emotional pain that they haven't healed from or stubborn pride. And oftentimes one feeds the other. Listen, James chapter three, verse 17 tells us that one of the keys to unity in general, but especially in marriage is the ability to be willing to yield. Okay. AKA humility. Why? The apostle Paul said, first Corinthians 13, love does not demand its own way. Now, are there some issues in the marriage relationship where you shouldn't yield? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. There are deal-breaking conversations. Absolutely. There are issues that you need to stand your ground because there are issues of morality. There are issues of a biblical issue, a biblical proportion and principle, and you need to stand your ground. Absolutely. Okay. But typically speaking, those deal-breaker conversations aren't the ones that make up our day-to-day -day dialogue in marriage. They're not. If you're willing to put in the work and face the old pain, Ideally, with a counselor or therapist, your heart can heal and it will enable you to give and receive love well again. Yes, you can get there. Absolutely can get there. I've seen it happen many, many times. If you're willing to swallow your pride uh, with your spouse and, and you're each willing to learn how to humble yourselves and make each other's needs your priority, there's absolutely no reason why you can't turn your relationship around and have an incredible marriage. There's, it's two things over and over and over again. Willing to face old pain and willing to swallow pride. But if you refuse to face that old pain, and, and rather than swallow your pride, you dig in your heels even more, then you'll simply keep that same cycle of disappointment and unmet expectations going. And more than likely, you'll keep looking for a reason to assign blame to the other person rather than take responsibility, okay? And only perpetuate the problem and produce more baggage in the marriage. You can absolutely break the argument cycle. You can absolutely have a great marriage if you're willing, if you're willing to humble yourself and if you're willing to go backwards and heal so that your marriage can go forwards and win. Let's recap today's transformational truth. A marriage without communication will be a marriage 
that is ultimately full of conflict. Listen, if Transformational Truths is helpful to you, please do me a favor. Take a moment, go over to Apple iTunes, rate the show, write us a quick review. I want to help you restore the joy to your life and your leadership. Until next time. Thank <laughs> you.